Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Later in the programme, a tribute to former IFA president, Patrick Walsh, who passed away recently. Dairy Gold agribusiness milk replacer specialist, Kevin Quish, has advice on calves. ICSA, AGM and annual conference to be addressed by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD. Call for Sheep Vision Group to meet urgently. IFA organise a national meeting for pig farmers, plus many other topics. IFA President Tim Cullinan said the farming community was in shock at the news that former IFA President Podrick Walsh had died suddenly on Wednesday, February the 1st, 2023. This, he said, was devastating news for his family. On behalf of the farming community, he extended his condolences to his family and friends. Mr Cullinan said this was a huge loss for them at a very difficult time. Mr Cullinan said Podrick Walsh was a passionate advocate for the development of the farming sector and always insisted that science was the way forward. Through many campaigns at home and abroad, he was fearless in defending farmers. Podrick Walsh, he said, leaves a strong legacy of leadership of farmers from his time as president of Macquarie Firma to president of the IFA, and also as the first Irish leader to head up the European Group of Farmers COPA. Tim Cullinan said Podrick Walsh served farmers with distinction in a career that stretched back to 1987 when he was elected president of Mockburn Firma. He subsequently served as chairman of the IFA Dairy Committee and as IFA National Treasurer. In 2006, he became the 12th president of the Irish Farmers Association and in 2009, he had the honour of being elected by farm leaders right across Europe as president of COPA. Podrick Walsh chaired farm business developments following his roles in IFA, and he continued as a director of FBD until his passing on the 1st of February 2023. And Farm Talk extend our condolences to the family of the late Podrick Walsh and to his friends. May he rest in peace. The Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmer Association annual general meeting and annual conference will take place on Thursday 9th of February 2023 at the Midlands Park Hotel, Portlaoise, County Leash. The conference open session will commence at 5pm with guest speaker, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD. Theme for this year's ICSA conference is Farming in an era of high costs and high climate ambition. Can our farmers survive and prosper? That's the ICSA AGM and annual conference to be addressed by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine on Thursday, 9th of February, 2023, venue Midlands Park Hotel, Portlaoise County Leash. IFA President Tim Cullinan has announced that the IFA will hold a national meeting for pig farmers in the Malden Hotel in Talla, Dublin, on Thursday, 9th of February at 3pm, and time of that meeting, 3pm. The meeting is to be addressed by Minister of State Martin Hayden, Chairman of the Pig Roundtable, 
and we'll also hear presentations from Borbia covering domestic and export market updates, as well as pig meat marketing activities. Chagask Pig Development will then present on the outlook for 2023. Export markets have been under pressure in January, and last Friday marked the second price drop of $0.04 cents a kg in the month for pig farmers. Part of a statement there from the IFA president, Mr Tim Condon. That meeting scheduled for the Malden Hotel, Tala, Dublin, Thursday, 9th of February, in the early afternoon, 3pm. ICSA President Dermot Keller has written to the EU Commissioner for Competition, Margarita Vestager, to outline his concerns over the mooted sale of Kildare chilling to Dawn Meats. Mr Keller said, There is precious little competition in the meat processing sector here in Ireland, and the loss of independence of this important outlet for cattle and sheep farmers would have a big impact. Mr Kelleher has asked Commissioner Vestager to examine whether the proposed purchase of Kildare Chilling by Dawn Meats is compatible with ensuring sufficient competition in the primary procurement markets for supplies of cattle and sheep. Mr Kelleher said the ICSA had serious misgivings about any further weakening of competition in the beef and sheep processing sectors. He said the removal of Kildare Chilling would only serve to consolidate the position and power of the big three, namely ABP, Keypack and Dawn Meats, part of a statement there from the ICSA National President, Mr Dermot Kelleher. ICSA Organics Chair Mr Fergal Byrne has welcomed the news that all farmers who applied for the organic scheme under the last call for applications will be admitted to the scheme. IFA Poultry Chairman Mr Nigel Sweetnam said the cases of salmonella in a small number of farms is devastating for the flock owners concerned. He said the affected flocks are restricted and there is no threat to human health. In the meantime, he would ask everybody to review their biosecurity measures and be extra vigilant. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farm Association National Beef Chair Mr Sean McNamara said he is appalled by the lack of urgency at government level around dealing with the worsening crisis in the sheep sector. Mr McNamara said a sheep vision group was established last year but this group, he said, had still never met. This, he claimed, was disgraceful given what's currently going on in the sector. Minister McConlogue must get this group going and he must do it without delay. Part of a statement there from Mr Sean McNamara, ICSA National Sheep Chair. Coming up next, West Cork Ploughing. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme was Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. You have an update now on uh, ploughing matters in Cork West. Yes, I do, John, and thank you very much. Last Sunday, the 29th of January, Kilbritton Ploughing Association held their annual ploughing match. The results are as follows. Senior Conventional, first, Kieran Coakley, 121. Second, Jim Gray, 113. Third, Ger Kirby, 111 marks. Under 28, first, Niall O'Driscoll, 87 marks. Second, Aidan O'Donovan, 83 marks. Intermediate, first, Stanley Dean with 105 marks. Second, Johnny O'Donovan with 102 marks. Third, David Walsh with 92 marks. And fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll with 79 marks. In the under-21 class, first was Noel Nyan, 106 marks. And second was Jeff Witcherly with 93 marks. Ladies, first, Katie Hayes with 104 marks. And second, Stacey O'Sullivan with 100 marks. In the mock first was James Jennings with 101 marks, second, Keen Holland, 69 marks.
three furrow. First, Kevin O'Driscoll, 98 marks. Second, Matthew Coakley, 97 marks. Third, Cyril Maguire, 67 marks. In the senior reversible, first, Liam O'Driscoll, 113 marks. Second, Cher Coakley, 111 marks. Third, Michael Witcherly, 106 marks. And in the under-28s, we have one competitor, Conor O'Farrell, and he received 87 marks. Standard, three for a reversible. First, Timmy Lawler with 72 marks. And second, Patrick Buckley, 70 marks. In the vintage, um, the open hydraulic. First was Jer Collins with 91 marks. Second, Dennis Cummins with 87 marks. Third, John O'Neill with 84 marks. Confined hydraulic. First, Padjo O'Donovan with 55 marks, and second, Sean McCarthy, with 44 marks. Trailer, first, John Wolfe, 91 marks, second, Michael Bennett, 88 marks. And in the single fur, we had Gordon Jennings, and he got 87 marks. Now, the next match to be held, weather permitting, is Cliff Gock, whose match was postponed, and that will be held tomorrow, Sunday the 5th of February, on the lands of the O'Sullivan family in association with the McCarthy family, Mary Burrow, at Kilmaluda Balanascarthy. Plowing will commence at 11 a.m. sharp and entries are to be with Kevin on 087-620-5894 by 12 noon today, 4th of February. And the site will actually be signposted from the Balanascarthy village. Now that contact number again is 087-620-5894. Okay, John, that's it. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Thank you very much indeed, Caroline. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Next, news from the Carberry region of Mochrana Firma. Hello, my name is Laura and I'm bringing you the Carberry Mochra news. On behalf of Carberry Mochra, I would like to offer our condolences to the family of Podrick Walsh, former Mochra and IFA president who passed away recently. May he rest in peace. The Carberry round of the GAA competition took place on Sunday the 22nd of January. Three men's teams took part and Kilmeen Mochra were the winners on the day. They then continued their winning streak as they went on to win the GAA national final on Sunday, January 29th. They are now Mochra GAA All-Ireland winners. Well done, lads. A great achievement. The Carberry round of debating took place on Sunday, January 22nd. Congratulations to the Clonacilty B team who were victorious on the night and now go through to the national final. The Carberry round of impromptu public speaking will take place on Sunday the 12th of February, venue and time to be confirmed, so keep an eye on our social media pages for more info, as all are welcome to attend to hear the speakers on the night talk on a wide range of topics. There will be a Carberry Mochra social night hosted by Barry Row Mochra on Friday the 24th of February, venue to be confirmed. Again, keep an eye on our social media page for more info nearer the time, as all past, current and prospective members are welcome. So as you can see, Mochra has something for everyone and with clubs located from Inishannon to Beira, there is bound to be one near you. So if you were aged between 17 and 35 and interested in joining or would like some more information, please contact us through the Carberry Mochra social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. And uh, thank you, Laura, for that report. Laura Woods, the Mochra Firma Carberry Region reporter and radio officer. 
Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Dairy Gold Agribusiness Milk Replacer Specialist, Mr Kevin Quish. First of all, Kevin, welcome to the programme, Milk Replacer Specialist with Dairy Gold Agribusiness. Looking at general calving, some calf housing guidelines you might mention for our listeners, uh, Kevin. Yeah, so I suppose the big thing to watch with calf housing guidelines um, out on the farm at the moment, I suppose, is the airspace and stock as um, stocking density of fixed calf health. So the overstocking of the pins uh, in the shed should be avoided at all times if possible. Um, air quality, I suppose, is paramount in a calf shed, and one must take into account this at all times. As the calf increases, its airspace does also. Um, like the legal space requirements from the Department of Agriculture would state that any calf under the age of 150 kilos should be allocated a minimum of 1.5 meters. So I'd be saying myself, however, like I'd be going to two meters myself, um, advised just for maximum calf health and comfort. So onto on the dampness and the drafts, I suppose the big thing to go about in a calf house on drafts is to go down to calf level and any consistent air uh, is considered a potential issue. Uh, calves like a draft free zone so if they are bunching in certain areas this should be addressed straight away uh, calf, calf jackets are also a popular thing seen out in farm at the moment and they are very applicable uh, but they must be kept clean in all, in all cases to avoid coccidiosis or crypto challenges Now of course you refer there to ventilation and the space allotted to each calf and to avoid bunching of calves. So ventilation, the circulation of air within the building without leaving any draft. So they need fresh air. And of course some farmers and indeed Chagas will be aware of the so-called Yorkshire boarding and the method by which you would use smoke circulation to trace the air circulation and ensure there's good air circulation, ventilation, without any draft. So air in, air out, no draft and uh, no risk of chill for the calves. Yeah, exactly. And like another thing to watch as well is that ammonia in the calf house um, causes paralysis inside in the calves' actual windpipe. Like, so that's avoid, it should be avoided at all times. So a, big, a, a fall of 1 to 20 is kind of advised on the floor and, and, and appropriate drainage as well. So um, we should be watched at all times. Some farmers uh, do this, uh, something which they can do for themselves. They make a little fire inside a bucket, being very careful to avoid any risk of fire and to do this before any bedding or straw is in place. But to trace how the smoke dissipates in the building and make sure it clears. In that way, you have the, the smoke test to make sure you've got the ventilation, but we emphasise without causing any drafts. So very important, this so-called Yorkshire boarding. Yeah, that's, that's coming very prevalent in new calf houses around the country. I see it myself when you're out on farm. Um, it's a kind of staggered, it's a staggered board where the, the, the draft can't get in, but air can circulate, no issue. Um, you'd want to watch the top of the shed as well, that it can air, 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 hot air rises, of course, as you know, and you want to watch that it can get out at all times. Speaking to Mr. Kevin Quish, the Dairy Gold Agribusiness Milk Replacer Specialist. Kevin, we turn now to some principles of calf rearing, referring to various sources of feed, skim, whey and protein sources. So if you had to give an overview on the principles of calf rearing, skim, whey and protein sources. Yeah, so um, 
on the feet, on the protein sources and the skim and whey, like skim and whey proteins are digested differently between in the, inside the calf. So skim, for example, forms a clot with renin in the abomasum and gives a slow release of the milk proteins. Whey, on the other hand, does not form a clot in the abomasum. The milk protein is immediately, immediately available. So calves can be consistent, successfully reared on either product with, with consistent management and milk replacer is just one leg of the stool. Order determinants are staffed or intake fresh water and the calf and calves environment. So we'll say on to protein sources, I suppose the big one to watch with a milk replacer is where the protein source is coming from. You want it from dairy derived proteins and not from vegetable proteins. So whey powder is about 13% protein, whereas the ultra-filtered whey, ultra-filtrated whey protein that dairy gold have in some of its ranges uh, is 36%. And this is all down to low heat cooling technologies used by, in manufacturing by the supplier. Recently, we've seen some very good prices from milk, record prices, in fact, in many cases. So when it comes to milk replacer, will the recent good prices for dairy be a double-edged sword and impact on the cost of milk replacer? Or could you just, in general, refer to the role of milk replacer, the range available and feeding rates? Yeah, so I suppose the big one to watch, like, is the the, the main reason why farmers would switch switch off new milk and onto milk replacer is down to the cost, uh, the consistency of the feed is another one, and disease transfer, like some stuff, like like the disease, like pathogens, like yonies and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I suppose the gap, like for example, in, was never as big between new milk and milk replacer. So you're talking about from 36 centiliter up to range and 45, 46 centiliter to feed milk replacer, compared to the, the, a price of 65 centiliter average that that is that has been seen to be gotten for new from new milk. So with milk replacer, like you roughly feed 350 grams to 375 grams of milk replacer a feed morning and evening to a calf, and every gram above that would be is it would be would be allocated to growth and development. So the on-farm feeding rates range on a daily grams per basis is 600 grams to 750 grams. Uh, I'd re- recommend re- feeding it at a rate of 12 and a half percent milk solids, which mimics. Uh, the percentage milk solids of new milk. Um, so in terms of whey and skim, so skim and whey proteins are probably digested differently by the calf. So skim forms a clot with renin in the abomasum and gives a slow release of the milk protein. Whey, on the other hand, does not form a clot in the abomasum. So the milk protein is immediately available. Calves, I suppose, can be can be successfully reared on either product with consistent management, as milk replacer, I suppose, is just one leg of the stool. Other determinants include starter intake, fresh water availability, and a calves environment. So, one to watch with the whey powder is, I suppose, with with with, with um, protein sources in the milk replacer is where the protein is coming from. So, you want it from dairy derived protein. Uh, um, as vegetable sources are of minute tr- nutritional value to the calf, which can also be almost considered as a ruminant for the first few weeks of its life. So we have the, in our ranges the ultra-filtrated ultra filtrated whey protein concentrate, and it's 36% in 
due to low heat cooling technologies used by the manufacturer. When we look now at milk replacer, we're talking about a very substantial saving if you can get the correct type of milk replacer, as you pointed out there, very important to make sure you have the right type of milk replacer, the right origins. I suppose people kind of switched over to milk replacer, like down to uh, the consistency of the feed, like because whereas it has, it has been seen on farm that it, new milk kind of varies in consistency when the cows are on silage and when they go out on grass, whereas milk replacer is just a constant plane of nutrition across the board for the calf. Like, so another thing to watch as well is the disease transfer. Like, so urinates has been seen in the past couple of years to be passing through the milk. Uh, to the calf, which is not wanted at all. With Dairy Gold Agribusiness, I'm sure you have a plentiful supplies of the correct type of milk replacer available. The milk replacer ranges from our primes, which is prime 23% crude protein and prime 25% plus crude protein. We also have uh, the Bonenza sh- uh, Shine products that are well known out on farm. And we also have Cargill products, uh, our Gold Ashore Boost 22 and Boost 25 and um, yeah so like each each bag kind of has their own kind of goodies inside them like we would have hill packages and so on and so forth so like in the Prime 23 you'd have the Guardian which is an antioxidant and it's kind of like a calf drinking orange juice for all the world that kind of cleans out their system and gets rid of all the bad bugs inside in the gut um, then the Prime 25 has a, an additive called Digestrom in it and it's what that does is it kind of contains a blend of essential oils and plant extracts that kind of line the gut wall of the stomach of the calf. And so any and any pathogens or parasites like cox, coxidiosis and cryptocanthic. If any listener wants to contact you at Dairy Gold Agribusiness and seek information or advice on the best way to approach calf rearing in their own enterprise, do you invite inquiries from people, from your suppliers, to get information on uh, and advice and guidance on the correct use of the rice milk replacer? Yeah, so I can be got on my mobile at 87 189 8584. Um, I can also be got via email uh, kquish at But any other comment you feel you'd like to make which would help your suppliers raise uh, good calves and calves... Uh, which thrive. Yeah, so I suppose another one to watch as well like would be would be colostrum and the quality of colostrum. Um, colostrum contains high levels of antib- antibodies, IgGs, immunoglobulins, which are, which they are, um, which are also called, uh, which build the calf's immunity and develop passive immunity. So for the first 20 minutes, the calf uses adipose tissue inside in its gut for nutrients, and after that, the one, two, three rule that we're sick of here and comes into play which is the first milk, two, two hours after calving and three litres. I suggest testing the colostrum also with a refractometer and um, no, uh, the calf itself has no active immunity, so newborn calves are born without immunity. It's been seen by AHI from studies that 35% of calves that die in the first year of life do so because of inadequate colostrum absorption. Please remind our listeners about those two phone numbers you can give them if they want to find out more about rearing of calves and, of course, the use of the correct and most suitable milk replacer. Yeah, so I can be got again on 087-189-8584 and I can also be got in my email at kquish, 
at dairygold.ie. Thank you very much indeed, Kevin. Mr. Kevin Quish, Dairy Gold Agribusiness, Milk Replacer Specialist. Thank you, Kevin, very much indeed. Thanks a million. You're very welcome. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Mr. David Purcell, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagaskin Kanturk, welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Turning, first of all, to the performance of grass being utilised, how should dry stock farmers deal with performance of grass being utilised this year? One or two tips or guidance there. So, John, how are you keeping? Um, so, some dry stock farmers should um, take soil samples to establish the level of fertility on their farm. Apply ground line soil based on the results. Um, this will help to mobilise nutrients from the soil. Uh, maximise use of slurry in farmyard manure uh, by using the air layer uh, when the utilisation will be better. Calculate how much fertiliser farmers can, can purchase. Um, purchase the minimum compounds you need to maintain soil phosphorus and potassium levels on the farm. Early turnout sh- should be targeted to kickstart the grazing season and so first of all then you would like to reduce the number of grazing groups on the farm so to make it easier to to rotationally graze the stock and allow for faster regrowth and the other thing what what farmers should look at should um, look at ways of um, reducing the stock that are not performing as they will negatively impact profit and uh, this is the year will be an opportunity for beef farmers to take stock of their productive systems and see what is working and what isn't. That sounds fine. Now, looking at the first grazing rotation, planning for the first grazing rotation, when should dry stock farmers be planning their first grazing rotation? So, um, Keith, increasing the, um, the number the number is getting an extra grazing in the spring. So during the main grazing season, we talk about a 21-day rotation. So the first grazing grazing, um, of the year is is different. Uh, We want to get grass into diet to stimulate grass growing and the, the regrowth coming back. So most farmers should aim to finish the first rotation mid-April, um, leaving tur- uh, leaving cattle in too long and late t- turnout. Uh, you won't be able to achieve this. Um, the other issue is by turning cattle out too early, you you run the risk of running out of grass. So that is why you have to put a plan in place. Say the sooner you get out to grass, the longer the first rotation can be and the more recovery there will be. So again, what you want to do is is calculate the number of weeks you have from turnout to the end of April, aim to graze, uh, equal amounts of acres each week uh, with the last block being grazed in early April. Only turn out enough cattle that will graze the amount of ground that needs to be grazed each week. Make sure the fields you graze first is not um, first are not planned for first cut silage, as you want these these to have a reasonable cover of grass by the second rotation. And again, what you want to do where you have wetter fields, 
take the opportunity to graze with her parts of, of, the, of the farm uh, when you can. Newborn suckler calves, if you had to pick one issue, what is one of the biggest issues with newborn suckler calves? So again, John, uh, one of the biggest issues is infectious scours is one of the biggest killers in calves. So early and correct treatment goes a long way to, to get the calf back on track. So dehydration is what kills calves. So the sooner you get the fluid into the calves, the, the better. So again, what you're trying to do is um, making sure, we'll say sick calves get uh, two to three liters, uh, um, two liters, two or three times um, per day. A good, good electrolyte solution. Uh, keep the calves on on milk. Um, keeping the calf on milk maintains its conditions and speeds up uh, the calf's recovery. You might have to continue with electrolytes um, until the dung is consistent. And the other thing then as well, which is important, is good hygiene and disinfection of calf areas. We're using plenty of clean straw underneath the calf to prevent scores. Now, of course, we know from many, many interviews with uh, Chagas personnel and advisors, there are issues like ventilation. Very important that you have the right balance between ventilation on the one hand and on the other, not exposing young livestock to chills. So perhaps a word or two about ventilation and uh, some kind of handy ways you might use a smoke test to see if the air is in circulation. So a comment on ventilation and the importance of ventilation. So again, ventilation is important for calves that they have fresh air going through the calf hoses. So what you want to do is you want to check to see that there is good inlet and and outlet ventilation in in calf hoses. Um, some of the issue with that would be using Yorkshire boarding on the on the sides of um, on the sides of walls of calf hoses. So this allows um, the flow of of air into a house. There are some ways of of checking, we'll say, the ventilation in calf house, where where you might use smoke and seeing the smoke rise, you know, just to see is it being able to be, um, is the air uh, moved within the calf house? That is uh, one of the ways of of checking that. That certainly sounds fine. Of course, just some of the many, many things which can be done and observations are made to ensure that newborn circular calves would thrive satisfactorily. Well, we leave calves and we turn now to sheep. Could you comment on feed management for pre-lambing in mid-season ewes? So feeding management for pre-lambing mid-season ewes. So again, one of the most important things is, you know, for for pregnant yews to have sufficient floor space for the yews. Um, the other thing then as well, what you mightn't think about cleaning out, cleaning out uh, feed troughs regularly. Um, other issues could be splitting concentrate feeding into two separate feeds, um, eight hours apart. Um, apart um, 
when you're feeding over 500 grams a day. And also, you want to make sure that they have free access um, to clean water at all times. Now, some general tips for lambing, David. So, again, um, farmers that are mid-lambing, so again, what you're looking at, lambing pens, 8 to 10 pens per, per 100 yos. Um, if you need fostering pens, so it's 1 to 3 pens per 50 yos. Again, again, what you want to do is is making sure that that you have, we'll say, enough buckets and feeding space for uh, for for water and feed. And again, what you're looking at, short trucks, um, six to nine meters um, per hundred yos uh, that are pinned, and also in relation to hot and cold cold water. Um, um, for for cleaning um, utensils in relation to the management of um, lambing utensils when needed. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. David Purcell, B&T, Dry Stock Advisor, Chagas Canturk in County Cork. Thank you, David, very much indeed. Thanks a million. No problem. We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr. Jason Fleming, chairperson of the IFA Farm Forestry Committee. First of all, Jason, welcome to the programme. Now, there's been ongoing debate about the controversial Kielce Gresham House forestry deal. What's the update on this? I know you and the IFA and a lot of farmers, particularly smaller farmers, have been following this. So what's the update as far as you see it? And uh, do you feel the situation is satisfactory all in all? We're totally against this deal, as I stated on your programme the last time. Uh, totally against it. It's a bad deal for Ireland, a bad deal for rural Ireland, and a bad deal for everyone on this island, especially farmers, I suppose. Uh, just to give a bit of background, I suppose, uh, the update is quite... Uh, they're saying that they're stopping at 12,000 hectares with this Gresham Fund, which is 4,000 hectares of a forestation and 12,000 of existing forestry. What I and just to go back to the start of last year, they came out with a figure of 100,000 hectares overall. Uh, that were that were going between here and 2050. My question there is, where where's all this land going to come from? I mean, at the end of the day, the type of land that's being planted now, it's all productive ground. Gone be with the days that we're planting the likes of heather ground, bog, SPA, Italian ground. That's all gone. So we're all going to the same. We're all going to the same pot for the, for, the, for, for the same amount of ground. No, yeah, that's that's where we're at. I understand from the reported comments that the minister said the situation was uh, done, the deal was done way back on December 16th, that as far as the minister is concerned, this deal is, quote, done. It was done on December 16th, and, uh, of course, now we find that, in fact, the Gresham Creelcher people, they will be able to avail of department subsidies. Yet Irish farmers, I understand, we are still awaiting go-ahead sanction from the European Union for the 1.3 billion euro forestry deal for the years 2023 to 27. So at the moment, Irish farmers are panting to plant. They find that we're awaiting a European Union decision. Yes, that 1.36 billion should be ringfenced for farmers. That forestry premium came out in the very start, a way back to... To, to support farmers for income for gone. And what that means is that you're, you're planting land for the rest of your life and, and the remainder of, uh, the, the, as in, 
there's no go back from planting. You must replant, be it the next generation, generation after that. So it's income for gone. Where is Quilters and, and these investment funds income for gone? They're investors. They should not be getting the premium. Full stop. 15 years, a farmer is getting 20 year premium, they're getting 15. We're saying they should be getting no premium at all. Quilty made 20, 137 million euro last year, right, when timber prices were never as high. We as farmers couldn't get our licenses from the department uh, with the last two to three years. It's well, it's well documented that we, we had problems with, with licenses in uh, over the last four or five years. And uh, what I'm saying here is, we planted in 2016. We planted six and a half thousand hectares. So we were meeting our targets. We were engaging with, with forestry, and we were engaging with the department and the minister of the day. Right. But the scenario we have now is with these these investment funds are coming into the country and within the country. We're saying that no investment fund should be should be low to draw down the premiums. You're 100 percent right. You, what, uh, what you said there, the question you asked me, that they can draw down the 15-year premium. An English company, Gresham House, can draw down a 15-year premium in this country. It beggars belief what's going on here. And taxpayers' money is going into this. To say that we're frustrated on the ground is an understatement. I mean, if they support us as farmers, we will plant. I mean, as I said, we, in 2016, when we met our target of 6,500 hectares. And no fault of our own. With the licensing saga, that we, 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 at, at, in 2021, we went down to uh, 2,000 hectares. That, was, that wasn't farmers' fault. That was the government's fault, the department, that with licenses, they couldn't get them out when we needed them. And, and I suppose with the price of timber gone back now, with, with, with this year especially, to the, especially solid, it's down 20 to 30 percent. And like I said, the profits quickly made over the last few years, and we couldn't get our licenses. So it's a two-tier system, and it's just not good enough anymore. Speaking to Mr. Jason Fleming, the IFA Farm Forestry Chair. Jason, essentially, at this point, what can be done? What do you think your organisation, the IFA, or other organisations can do, bearing in mind that when the motion came up in Doyle Aaron that the government should immediately halt the deal, that when that came up in the Doyle, rural Fianna Foyle and Fianna Gael TDs are reported to have abstained from the vote on this controversial forestry deal. So who can you turn to to help you reverse this deal or certainly stop any further deals remotely like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's disgraceful from the rural TDs, uh, the, rural, the rural ministers. They're, they're elected by, by rural Ireland to represent rural Ireland. They're not represent. It doesn't matter who bought the motion uh, to, 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 to the dot. They should be supporters of rural Ireland and the, the farmers and, and all of rural Ireland that, that they got them into these positions. And secondly, to, to abstain from a, from, from a doll, what's the point of they going up to the, for a doll session at all if they're abstaining for a vote? The bottom line here is if these, if, if, if these small holdings and these lights go out in, in rural Ireland, they're not going to go back on again uh, uh, because they're going to be owned by investment. These lands are going to be owned by invest, investment funds and, and, and be it national investment funds, local investment funds, as in uh, normal ones. It's, it's a bit like the housing market. When, when, when the likes of the, these um, um, investment funds came in and they bought up uh, apartment blocks and apartment houses and stuff like that, and, and no young couple could afford a house for the last couple of years because of that. As far as you're concerned, Jason, speaking to Mr Jason Fleming, the IFA Farm Forestry Committee Chair, the issue is not closed. It would appear that our major Finnafall and TDs abstained from this controversial vote. But what we're saying here too is we should be supported, and I said that already. Three small things to get us back, get, get us back planting. I mean, get out, give us our licenses when we need them. 
very small thing. We're not asking for anything. Just give us the license to manage our crop, be it for Tinney, a roadway, Clearfell, or our initial forestation. Number two, ash dieback is a big, big problem that with the last maybe 10 or 15 years there that uh, farmers planted ash and, 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 and they're dealing with a dead crop now. These cohorts of farmers have to be seen after. This is a legacy of the past. Then the department and the government and the minister needs to give these cohorts of farmers a premium for the 20 years to replant. The, the, the crop is dead and they have to be seen after. And it's a legacy, it's, it's a legacy issue. And we can't move on without looking back. If we don't sort out these, these, these two, especially licensing and actually back there, are two big ones. And number three, I suppose, the relaxing of the, the replanting obligation as well. I mean, most farmers are going to replant anyway, 99% of them, because it's going to cost too much to, 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 to dig up the roots and stuff for the trees. But for the, for, for, for the one or two percent of farmers that want to bring a bit of ground back into rotation for dairy or whatever the case may be, they should be left to do that. Uh, and secondly, the, the, I, I mentioned the licenses there. The, the department, for four months, um, guideline from when a license goes in to get it out. Quicker, we're getting the, the dim licenses out within the four months, within the last three, four, or five years. And we, we as farmers, are making waiting three or four or five years. That's some difference. So the two tier system and the system inside the department, and uh, until that is sorted out, we're, we're at nothing. Jason Fleming, IFA Farm Forestry Chair. As far as you are concerned, certainly the matter is not dead. The dust has not settled, and you are going to do everything. You are going to do everything you can to keep this uh, to the fore and to make sure that this type of deal in no way, shape or form is um, repeated right across the country because smaller farmers are going to be the ones who suffer and they'll be cleansed uh, from the countryside. We're going to fight this to the better end. Uh, It's very simple here. If a farmer is given one euro to spend, uh, as in... For, 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 uh, in, in the, he's going to spend it in the local community, the local shop, the local hardware store. It's going to be spent locally and keep these shops alive. When, when I was small, there was four shops in my area. Uh, I was just, I'm living in Kikuma, just outside Kanani. No, we've only one shop. And if we don't keep the lights on in these, in the, in these businesses, rural Ireland, they're going to shut us down. Like, in, 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 in our face, it'll be, the, it'll be the final nail in the coffin if, if, we, if we don't support if we don't support these businesses and, and support rural Ireland. And, and secondly, the carbon credits is a big one here going forward. No one can actually state where these carbon credits are going. And that's what these big uh, investment funds and, 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 and international companies are looking at. The carbon credits are going to be a big thing going forward here and there'll be payments on these carbon credits. And, and, and just something that even the minister, the department can't say... Uh, are these credits? Are these credits going to be kept put in the country, or would the likes of Gresham House be using them over in England and, 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 other, and other countries? Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Jason Fleming, Chair of the IFA Farm Forestry uh, Committee. You are very concerned that farmers who want to plant, farmers who want to go ahead, are being held up apparently by the European Union sanction for the 1.3 billion euro forestry plan for 23-27. This Gresham House and England are outside the EU at the moment, so. They're not even in the European Union. And how we're doing business with these companies, I just don't know. And thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Jason Fleming, Chair of the IFA Farm Forestry Committee. Thank you. You're very welcome. Fine Gael Senator Tim Lombard has welcomed the announcement from Minister Simon Harris and the Higher Education Authority of the appointment of an expert advisory panel for reviewing the opportunities for new programmes in veterinary medicine, along with new programmes in dentistry, pharmacy, medicine and nursing. 
this expert panel will now review and assess the applications from higher education institutions and make recommendations to Minister Harris in March. Senator Lombard has been advocating for a second school of veterinary medicine for some time. The announcement on 1st of February 2023 was a positive step in the process of what would hopefully result in a new school of veterinary medicine and an increase in places available to students wanting to become vets. The senator said, We know the interest is there based on the numbers who apply through CAO every year. The current situation, where there are only about 80 places available to study veterinary medicine in UCD every year, has resulted in many Irish students going abroad to study. The senator pointed out, at a time when we need more vets here, particularly in rural areas and working in large animal practice, it would be hugely beneficial for all of us working in agriculture to have more capacity and ultimately more vets on the ground. Part of a statement there from Finnegan Senator Tim Lombard, welcoming the announcement by Minister Simon Harris and the Higher Education Authority of the appointment of an expert advisory panel for reviewing opportunities for new programmes in veterinary medicine, along with new programmes in dentistry, pharmacy, medicine and nursing. Declan O'Brien, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal, writing in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, points out that the dairy sector is struggling to source workers as the calving season starts. Declan O'Brien points out that dairy farm incomes have never been as strong, but there are dark clouds on the horizon. He points out that tighter rules around nitrates, the threat posed by climate policy and the higher input in land leasing costs are threatening to cut into the record profits delivered in 2022. However, for the next 12 weeks, these concerns will be taking a back seat to the issue of labour supply. Arguably, Declan O'Brien points out, the most pressing problem facing Irish dairy farmers. The dual challenges of labour and nitrates have been likened to the sector's new quota because they are effectively putting the brakes on further expansion. Due to pressure on the space available, we've had to hold over several important interviews for our next programme. In the meantime, thanks to contributors Barry O'Mahony, news editor, 9613FM News, Marie Tuig, 9613M news reporter and announcer, and also creator of our regular Farm Talk podcasts. Thanks too to Laura Woods for her fortnightly Macquarie Farmer reports from the Carberry region. A special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.